The following is a presentation of the Chicago Bears Network and ChicagoBears.com. Download the Chicago Bears official mobile app for up-to-the-minute Bears content every day. And now, welcome to Bears All Access, your all-access pass into Chicago Bears football. Bears All Access is brought to you by IGS Energy and sponsored by Athletico Physical Therapy and CDW. We're fit and ready to hit. Bears ball coming to a neighborhood near you very soon. Can't wait. Welcome to Bears All Access brought to you by IGS Energy, my broadcast partner and the fittest uh, ex-guard in the NFL, Mr. Tom Thayer from News Radio 780, 105.9 FM WBBM. Good evening, Tom. How you feeling? You doing well? Yeah, Jeff. You know, just to analogize what you're saying about coming to a town near you, you get an indication of the crowd support from the golf tournament this weekend. You get a little bit more experience in the crowds and the stadiums filling up through baseball. Now with the announcement that at least 28 of the 30 stadiums around the league are going to have full capacity, it's really making uh, the momentum for an exciting sports season. And so I'm glad they make the decision. I hope people are responsible. They stay safe, and it continues to be safe for the sake of the fans that want to be a part of it. Um, so I'm really, I'm really happy the direction that uh, people are going because the fans are resilient as the players. We thanks uh, always to our producers, Brandon Fryer tonight at the Score Studios, Jordan Trudup, Dan Brilli as well. Coming up shortly at 6.08, former Bears quarterback and Sirius XM NFL radio host Jim Miller would join us for a few segments, as always the case. And at 6.30, I know Tom will be excited. We're going to let you have the floor and uh, interview Tevin Jenkins, the second-round pick out of Oklahoma State, trying to win that left tackle job. Tom will be interested to hear how things are going for him because I'm sure it's a blur right now a little bit. Yeah, but he has to come in with the confidence and the frame of mind that it is his job to lose. And I think, again, and I always you know, kind of refer to my own experiences In the time that I've had with Jimbo after he was drafted, he knew that he was going to be the starting left tackle day one, and that was because of hard work and self-confidence, and it turned into a Hall of Fame career. So I hope uh, Tevin is as inspired as um, Jimbo was because he plays a huge role on this team. However, with the the athleticism and the future of Justin Fields, and I'm not ignoring Andy Dalton or Nick Folds, this is going to be a multidimensional, wide-open offense. So Tevin Jenkins, no matter what side he would have to play on, he's going to have to be versatile. So his his first opportunities are going to be on the left side. So we'll hear from him as well. It's a promising rookie class. I mean, I, I, I think we all agree that uh, most of, if not all these guys, or maybe some undrafted guys will be able to make some, some significant snaps here in 2021. And uh, that is something we're looking forward to. These are these are football players they brought in here, real all-around versatile football players, at a minimum special teams contributions. Um, is there? And we get two weeks of OTAs beginning next week. Uh, media availability the next couple of Wednesdays, so we'll be able to get eyes on uh, who's available out there and watching how things are going on the grass once again. So that's always a good good time to, to check things out a little bit. And then you got the the veteran mini camp. Uh, that you know wraps things up on the 17th of June. So we only got a couple of more weeks here before the, the break for training camp. But it's going to come fist, uh, fast. Rather, Are there areas at all that you would like to see a player added right now with experience at any particular position to make you feel better about the depth at that position or the competition level? 
Wow, that's a great question. Yeah, I and you know there is. You know, um, I like to see a lot of competition at cornerback just because it's one of the more difficult positions to unveil. Um, you know, a, a player that you know is able to come in and compete and just increase the competition at the position. I, I think at the wide receiver position because although we Darnell Mooney burst onto the scene, you got uh, Allen Robinson in kind of a fragile position being on the franchise tag. And I think guys like uh, Javon Wims and Anthony Miller have under um, underperformed to the levels that we always think that we see they're going to perform when we sit out and watch them at training camp. If they could perform during the regular season like some of the training camp practices we've had, then those guys would provide size, depth, and speed. So I do think, uh, if, you know, quarterback development here, you got to have you got to have some of those uh, wide receivers step up to the plate. Well, I think Demir Beard is uh, an addition to keep an yes. eye on it as well. Uh, and, you know, I, I want to see what's going on with, with Riley Ridley. This is a fourth-round pick, and we seem to always lose him in the conversation a little bit. He hasn't had many snaps, and uh, now this is year three. This is year three for Riley Ridley. Yeah, but, you know, the thing about it is is these kids that are talented in college can't just come out of college and be in a pass receiver after being a better athlete than the competition they're playing against. Now with the other responsibilities of the wide receiver because of the exterior offensive game. They have to be as important in their role as blocking as a fullback, as a tight end, as an H-back. Maybe not as an offensive lineman, but if you're going to throw a screen right at them behind, they got to be able to sustain a block. And that was some of the things that Riley, given the opportunity, whether it was on kickoff return at one time or some wide receiver screens, he's been able to do that, but he's got to do it with such regularity that he can be counted on to be starting in the game. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll be joined by Jim Miller, our guest every week here on Bears All Access. We're brought to you by IGS Energy. Tevin Jenkins at the bottom of the hour. This is Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. Welcome back to Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy. Choose clean energy for your home at IGS.com because every good choice adds up to a better world. It's a better day when we could talk to Jim Miller. Former Bears quarterback from Sirius XM, NFL Radio's moving the chains with his buddy. Uh, you know, you're... Yeah, Pat Kerwin. I, I, I was <laughs> going to go in a different direction, so I decided to forget about it. You know, the brain just doesn't always trigger every day. Uh, for yours truly, Jim. I am certain you don't have these problems day to day. I take my ginkgo biloba. Come on, Jeff. Get on the, get on the, get on the bandwagon, buddy. I got to do something. Hey, you know, both of you guys have, uh, you know, parts unknown in your bodies. Now, Tom just uh, finished up. Congratulations on a new hip. So he is good to go this week, and we can't wait to see him romping and stomping around, Big Jim. Well, that's good. I'm hopeful. Hopefully, everything uh, went as well as what you thought it uh, would, Tom. I mean, I I had one that was recalled. That was not fun, <laughs> so I had to get it again uh, on the same side. So, thank goodness uh, the second surgery went better than the than the first one. Yeah, you were my inspiration, Jim, because I saw you limping around one time and asked what the issue was, and you told me about a hip. And, um, you know, I think it's, uh, you know, for a lot of people, it's inevitable. I'm not going to blame it on anything because I asked the doctor, is this because of 700-pound squats or three-point stance or collisions? And he says, no, because I've had 40- and 30-year-old guys in there that have been way worse than you. So it's just part of life, and I'm just – Knock on wood, super fortunate, had the quality care of a, of a great team or, a, you know, a great doctor to do the job. And I'm up on my feet, room, rolling around my house with a, 
<laughs> a walker with uh, I have a walker uh, I have a walker I don't want to tell you what else is attached to it but I do, I do have a walker uh, well hey, good you glad know, to hear you're he, up and about he doesn't take you know he, he will not take any assistance outside of a medical professional so I I've, I offered hey Tom you need me to come down help you out a little no no he doesn't want any part of that so anyway Good to have you back on your feet soon and uh, running around making making havoc uh, like Javi Baez today, uh, which was unbelievable, by the way, if you hadn't seen that play in the third inning with two outs in Pittsburgh. Uh, you know, on a routine grounder to third. I don't know if you saw it, Jim. I know it's not football, but Javi Baez uh, is a magician. That's all I got to say. Got out of trouble and got to run across. Well, you know, that's the great thing about announcers because you really never know the next word out of your mouth because that's the first time in my sports viewing life I've ever seen that. And I know that you wanted to ad-lib this segment with a joke at the beginning, which I'm glad you didn't. And it's just like an announcer of any sport. You really don't know the next word coming out of your mouth. Yeah, and Jim, I'm sure you've had that many times in your career too, probably in your own huddle. Uh, Yeah. Well, I mean, it, 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 it just it happens sometimes, you know. Um, you know, but for the most part, guys uh, take it in stride. You, you know, if if it's, say you screw up something or maybe you didn't address something right, and, you know, I think everybody understands that everybody's going to make a mistake here and there every every now and then. And like most good teammates, they forgive you and you and you move on. And you know, but but some can be pretty laughable moments that uh, they'll never f- let you forget. Right. <laughs> so never I'm, uh, I'm going to use that as a, as a bridge to a football analogy here because. It's something that Baez brings to the table that causes pressure. On a routine play, he made a defensive player think instead of react. And you know what happens when you think you're beat in football. So are there players on the Bears that cause that kind of trauma on the opposing player because you just don't know what a guy's going to do? In this case, Baez being brought back all the way to home on a routine grounder and then uh, dodging the tag and allowing a run to score and then causing everything to, to blow to pieces. One of the worst plays uh, you've ever seen, really. I've, I have never seen a play like that. But are there guys that caused that on the Chicago well, Bears? I, I, I think there's a guy like Roquan Smith that people don't really respect his speed until he runs down a wide receiver on a sideline route or he has an impact uh, tackle at or behind the line of scrimmage, or he gets into the backfield to sack a quarterback before he can have his his second reaction. He's one of those guys that, you know, once you realize his speed and his tackling ability, you kind of speed up the thinking process when you know you're isolating on him. Yeah, I, I, yeah think, I think, you know, in football, you know, football alone, alone, I mean, that, I mean, speed, that speed can, can cause, you cause you to do some things that are different, you know, because the closing speed that, that Tom is, is talking about, it gives you very little time to, to think. You know, there's some teams out there, and, and I think the Bears linebackers are good. I think we know that they've got good speed inside when the guys that they have with Roquan Smith and, and Danny Trevathan. At, at, I'd probably say a couple of years ago that those guys would be considered my one of my two top inside. I like guys like down in Tampa, like with Devin White, and they just re-signed uh, David down there. I mean, that that's a team, I think, when you look at Tampa with their speed, I think it's it, it catches you off guard, and it certainly caught Kansas City off guard, right? Because those tackles got demolished because Shaq Barrett and the other guy, JPP, I mean, that was just a field day that I think they took advantage and, and caused those two tackles to think a little too much. I'll take this one, and you as an offensive lineman, Tommy, can appreciate it 
more, but the long arm when he gets it in on an offensive lineman that Khalil Mack uses to get to the quarterback because it, it, it puts a fear a little bit in the offensive lineman if he doesn't get his hands on him first. And Khalil Mack, with that ability and strength to just toss somebody out of the way using that long arm to get to the quarterback. Is that, would that, it, makes, fit, it, that fit? it makes you rethink you think your pass set for the remainder of the game as an offensive lineman. You figure if I don't jump the counter, extend my hands, and try to get my hands on a Khalil before he touches me because he has the power and the leverage to take you away from uh, your stance and get you immediately off balance. And once you get into the head of an offensive lineman and they're thinking, like we say, if you think you're beat, if you got to think how to set with, uh, with uh, Khalil, then you're in trouble. But remember last year in the Minnesota game – and I think wasn't a Kendall Vildor when he was playing on the corner and he tackled Dalvin Cook to the outside. And Dalvin Cook had so much respect for his ability to tackle him in the open field or else it would have been an 85-yard touchdown that Dalvin Cook got up and shook his hand because he respected his ability to react and stay in a good tackling position. Could a, a confidence level of a player diminish in training camp if a veteran player repeatedly beats him day after day and you know because he's just a better player right there could that do you guys believe that that could uh, could a bad training camp for a young player last an entire season jim um that's a good question no i you know i'm just thinking back you know because, you know, I just remember when I was young with the, the Steelers and you could have some bad practices, right? Those are some pretty good defenses. You know, where Rod Woodson or Carnell Laker, one of those great players, is picking you off. And I don't think I ever lost confidence or anything like that. But I think it is true where, you know, a bad play can lead to a bad series, which is a bad half to a bad game. You know, those things can happen where you let it snowball. But I think you you have to be able to pick yourself off off the mat and understand, hey, this is part of the process. You're going to fail uh, at, at some things, but you're getting, you know you're going to continue to get better once you learn uh, from those mistakes. So I don't think it can lead to a you know a, an entirely a bad year. I, I know some guys that have had bad years, but normally it's going to be something else, whether it's an injury or something like that that could cause you uh, to really tailspin. Uh, so to speak, and that can get to you emotionally and, and mentally. You know, I, I just know from my standpoint, like the one year where I played with the, the torn rotator cuffs and my my uh, arm just – I couldn't make the throws that I would normally make. And that that's kind of a blow to your ego where you're dropping back and you're like, eh, I could make that throw prior, but now nah, let me just check it down here and, and get a positive play. You know, so that, that can grind on you mentally. I do know that. That's, that's ever getting public – I remember getting publicly criticized by Ditka after practicing against Steve McMichael because Steve would practice so hard, he'd be so physical that I had I never had confidence in blocking him. However, it carried over to the game where I had more confidence in the game than I did in practice because Steve was so good. And there's some comments that I can't say over the air that Ditka used to say in front of me <laughs> while he was addressing the media. Um and we used to have these inner squad football games inside Platteville Stadium where it was the scariest game of the year because not only were they physical and we were playing against a great defense, but Steve was such a great player that 
hey man, he knew he knew our offense as well as he we did. He knew how to handle things and uh and he got at it. So yeah, that the worst day of my football year every year was the inner squad game against McMichael. <laughs> That's no joke. <laughs> it's funny stuff. All right, we're gonna take a break. We'll be right back. Coming up at the bottom of the hour, we'll be joined by Tevin Jenkins, the Bears uh, rookie tackle out of Oklahoma State. This is Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. The Chicago Bears Network presents Inside the Bears, brought to you by Verizon. Anthony Adams and Lauren Screeden cover the world of Bears football on and off the field every Sunday night at 10.35 p.m. on Fox 32 Chicago. Or watch anytime at ChicagoBears.com or on the Bears official app. With Tom Thayer and Jim Miller from Sirius XM NFL Radio, I'm Jeff Joniak. Coming up in moments at the bottom of the hour, we'll be joined by Tevin Jenkins, the Bears rookie tackle. All right, a couple things uh, that were, were taken care of this week by NFL owners. One, Tom, a, a rule that expands the area where blocks below the waist are prohibited. So now there's a newly created tight end box within two yards of the traditional tackle positions, five yards either side of the line of scrimmage. So blocking or taking on blocks below the waist outside of that's 15-yard penalty. So as you're an offensive lineman thinking about this, the first thing that happens, how about on a screen, for example? Um, is this going to alter the blocking techniques for players on pulls or being on the move outside of that now tight end box. And the same for defenders as well, because they're not going to be able to approach it the same way. It's, it's going to lessen the concern by the exterior defensive players with the fear of getting a body thrown at their legs. Because this was a technique that we practiced repeatedly with Coach Dick Stanfeld. Whereas if we pulled to the outside, he would point to a bag one or the other, and we would literally throw our body into the bag and roll towards the defender so at least that he had to focus his attention down at the body and try to defend himself that way. However, in the modern realm of football, a lot of these offensive line coaches kind of teach players to stay up on their feet, and they try to be continuous with their block. So I think there's some pros built into this. And, you know, um, on a natural grass field, it's easy to throw your body because it's a soft landing. But back in the day when you had those old AstroTurf fields, you would come up with turf burns all over your body because of it. But it's also a technique we used regularly, and regularly to the point where defensive linemen – they would, man, they would not be in favor of you using that block. So I think it's going to help them, but it's also going to promote the athleticism in offensive linemen. And, Jim, then in turn, the officials now are envisioning what are artificial boundaries here. So there's going to be some some variance on that, I would think. I would think because it's a new rule, it's it'll be much like how they've called it uh, in every other preseason, right? They call okay. it a point of emphasis, right? They try yeah. to get the point across to the players, and then once week one starts, not that it's thrown out the window, but they're much more tolerant in not throwing a whole bunch of flags uh, when necessary. But, you know, the game's been going in this direction. You know, you think a cutoff box on the backside, that rule came into existence a, a couple of years ago, like those emo, we used to call them emo blocks, and man on the line of scrimmage where you could go take their legs out, even though if it was uh, on the backside of, say, an outside uh, zone run, you could be able to do that. So that's been taken out. Now this, this to me, comes into play, like if a, if a Z or a flanker or a receiver is digging out a strong safety, because you got to remember, those safeties rock and roll, free safety and strong safety. Sometimes they rotate and they come up in the box, that area that Jeff's talking about, because there's five yards on it. 
beyond the line of scrimmage or in the trenches that it's going, and now two yards outside the uh, the tackle or tight end. So those safeties can come up and rock and roll, and sometimes those uh, like a Z or a flanker coming in half motion, they what we'd call dig out the safety. And sometimes, like guys like Marty Booker, he just flat out take the dude out. You know, he's going, he's blowing out his, you know, going low on his legs and can take him out. So you're going to see much, probably more of guys standing up from that standpoint as those receivers know that they can't do that anymore. And it's like, like Tom said, it, it, you practice that way now, right? It, they want everybody up so that you're not rolling into legs and guys are blowing out ACLs and, and things like that. So you practice that way and now it's just going to be converted to the game. A little bit now. Those receivers have to be a little bit tougher. They'll just have to block a little bit higher. And Jeff, I think in all fairness to the game, if you're going to do it to the offense, you should do it to the defense. Do you remember when John Allred got his knee blown out? Yes, I'll never forget, he, it. forget he it. He catches that out route, and the first thing that defensive back is reacting to his path faster than the tight end can get his head back around. And by that time, that defensive back is having just a a serious impactful shot in the deep tight end's knee while his leg is planted, and you see the horrific injuries some of these guys have faced because of it. So I do think they have to explore this, you know, that type of tackle or that low body hit if that tight end doesn't have his his sight line focused to the defensive back. Yeah, well, defenders are not going to be able to do the, do it to, to pick your offensive players, you know, when they approach that box, um, and so it will be interesting. All right. The vaccine. So Commissioner Goodell says 30 of the 32 teams, rates of more than 90% for the top two tiers in the protocol for anyone working in football operations. That's staff. He's not saying what the rates are for players right now. The other two teams, over 85%. And then if you're not vaccinated as a player or personnel, you got daily testing, the masks at the facilities, physically distanced, quarantine after exposure, no meals in the cafeteria, um, everybody else mostly back to normal. Jim, as a as a player, from a player's perspective, is that enough incentive beyond other medical issues or concerns or religious beliefs or whatever it may be to get the bulk of the players on teams vaccinated? Well, I think you're probably going to see, say if you're a bubble player, if you're a player on the bubble. Now, God forbid, if you come into camp and you didn't get the vaccine and let's say you test positive, say the first day of training camp. Right, it's ten day. What is it? Ten day quarantine, or is it fourteen day? You'd miss your whole training camp, right? That's what you do if you had a positive test, and so you'd you potentially wouldn't even have the opportunity to even work out your team because I think the cut down dates uh, start where you know where they go from ninety to I think it's eighty five, and then to, yeah. then to eighty, and the, or then the fifty three. Excuse me. Yeah, and the so, fifty three is twelve days before yeah. the season opener, so, so it's a if, pretty if, good chunk. So I would think this is going to be a business decision by by some players out there too that may be reluctant to get it, but say, hey, you know, I don't know what I'm probably a bubble player uh, where I've got to give myself the best opportunity to to make this team, and maybe I'll go get uh, vaccinated because if you test positive uh, due to COVID, you may not even be able to step on the field. You're going to go into quarantine. You're going to come back. Cutdowns are already done, and it's it's over before it started. Yeah. Hey, Jim, we'll pick that up on the other side of this break, and we'll talk to Tevin Jenkins when we return. This is Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. This segment of Bears All Access is brought to you by Athletico Physical Therapy. Visit athletico.com to request an appointment in clinic or virtually and start feeling better tomorrow. Jeff Joniak, Tom Thayer, Jim Miller from Sirius XM NFL Radio's Moving the Chains with Pat Kerwin on it. With us here on a Thursday night, feels a little bit like uh, fall coming in as opposed to summer heating up the next couple of days. But 
Uh, they're still working up at Hallis Hall, and a uh, little football weather won't hurt uh, the rest of the week as they get ready for their OTAs uh, coming up. And we'll be talking to Tevin Jenkins out of Oklahoma State uh, in a few moments. Jim, the uh, quarterbacks still maintaining uh, the headlines in the NFL right now. Uh, we got the return to full health for Cincinnati's Joe Burrow, it seems. Saw some highlights of his OTAs. Looks very good with his footwork and everything. Out, You know, see how it, it all works out. The Bears meet him in week two if he's ready to go. Uh, Patrick Mahomes had his surgery. You got the Aaron Rodgers developments after his ESPN Sports Center interview. You got Lamar Jackson and Joss Allen hoping for extensions in Baltimore and Buffalo. Um, is this monopolizing your uh, airwaves as well, the quarterbacks in this Crazy 32-team NFL. Yeah, what's interesting, Pat and I just went through to rank our top 10 or our top five. Ultimately, we had a top 10, then we narrowed it down to a top five of our top five uh, quarterback rooms around the NFL, and uh, the Bears came in rated really high uh, for both Pat and, and myself. They came in definitely in the top 10. They came out of just out of my top five uh, because I still have Houston. As long as uh, Deshaun Watson is on Houston, I had Houston at number five. Bears were at six for me. If if yeah, you know if he's traded, Bears would move into the top five. They've got good depth. They've got quality guys that have that have played a lot. Plus, you look at, at Justin Fields and what he adds uh, to that room. And and Pat also had the Chicago Bears in his top ten. There are teams out there like the Jets. They have all their quarterbacks have no experience at all. You know, mm-hmm. here you draft Zach Wilson. They got Morgan uh, that's there. They've got guys who haven't even played. So that is a bad situation when you look at uh, a team like the New York Jets that don't have a veteran there to help out uh, a young signal caller. So hey. I think the Bears came in pretty high. Hey, Jim, uh, we're going to stop you there on the quarterback talk, and we're going to slip to the offensive line room of the Chicago Bears. We welcome in for the first time on this show here on Bears All Access so with Tom Thayer, Jeff Joniak, and Jim Miller. Tevin Jenkins, the newest Chicago Bear offensive lineman, second-round pick out of Oklahoma State. How you feeling tonight, Tevin, and uh, thanks for joining us. How are things going uh, up at Hallis all these days as you adapt to NFL football? You know, uh, know, first of all, thank you for having me. You know, I'm I'm doing great today, and uh, like I said, right now I'm really trying to adapt into the uh, culture and uh, all the great people we have here. You know, I'm making it feel like home and – I'm just excited to keep on uh, making relationships and excited to be in the building. You mentioned culture; it's always big, especially with the offensive lineman. I know, and I know you're you're getting along quite well with Cody Whitehair, and, and culture is important for him, uh, who comes in and how it all fits like a puzzle. If you were to describe the culture as a as a newcomer to this organization, as a young man who played at a high level at the Oklahoma State, how would you describe what you're feeling right now as the culture of the Chicago Bears? Uh, as of right now, it is definitely uh, a very close-knit group. You know, we take care of each other. And uh, uh, we basically um, put our head down and work everywhere we go. You know, that's one thing we're all, like, we're all uh, joking outside, like, uh, outside the field. And as soon as we hit the field, it's all serious business mode. And uh, I'm starting to learn from uh, all the other guys and older guys, like the vets and everybody. And uh, but say our culture here, I feel like it's a great thing to be around, and it's just like Oklahoma State. I feel like and it's just a amount of uh, great people that uh, that are here to lead lead by example. Doing a, a kind of a two part question here. How emotional was it when you finally had an opt out, realizing your dream was uh, going to be in the NFL? And when you did start your workout routine after you opted out, was everything left tackle centric for you, or? Was it kind of a, a balanced approach to right and left tackle? 
mostly the things that I did during the when I was about when I went to go uh, train was just mo- uh, mostly and mainly only left tackle, and that was because of uh, how like muscle memory, how easy it would be for me to uh, get my right hand stance. So uh, I definitely worked on only left because that's one thing I needed to work on in my game because I wanted to be that uh, type of versatile player and being able to uh, incorporate. Uh, being able to play left and do that their whole off season, I feel like that made a big difference for me. And uh, definitely what is going on right now with uh, how we're practicing, I definitely feel like it's um, helping me improve uh, day by day. Uh, Tevin, Jim Miller here. Congratulations. Welcome to Chicago. And, uh, you know, when when you were preparing for the draft and maybe you were interviewing with whether it's GMs or, or coaches, did you get a sense of, of any area that you need to work on? Maybe it's your kick step. Maybe it's hand placement. What did you really focus on that in areas that you felt you needed to get better at? Uh, one thing I always came back to was uh, my focus on my balance and uh, my focus on my base. And those two uh, – like they uh, tend to uh, connect to each other also. So when you are like you lose your base, you lose your balance. So uh, the whole time I was working off season, I was definitely working on both of those things and keep on like com- having those conversations. Like you said, that always kept coming up. So I definitely had to put an emphasis on that on this off season. Tevin Jenkins, our guest, the Bears rookie tackle here on Siri- uh, Sirius XM. Uh, that's Sirius XM's Jim Miller. This is Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score with Tom Thayer, Jeff Joniak. Tevin, thanks again for joining us. Uh, When you think about looking at this left tackle position, do you have to compartmentalize a little bit? Because left tackle, obviously a premier spot in the National Football League. And go through the process as opposed to thinking about, oh, my, this is one heck of of a responsibility as a young rookie coming into the National Football League to try and win this spot and protect the most valued position in sports. Um. Personally, uh, personally for myself, I guess I could say that uh, any position I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily any position is more important than the other. But I mean, as the public views it as, but um, as myself, you know, I think every position, all five, is very important, and you need to have all five clicking at the same time. And be them regardless, me or whoever will be or how it's going to play out. Uh, I know that the best five people going to be on the field, and then uh, that's how it's going to be. Mm. And how is how was the transition bent, uh, between uh, Juan Castillo as an offensive lineman as I was in my past? You kind of transition your career, your time in college and all that through multiple offensive line coaches. But his coaching technique is very explainable, and, and you have that opportunity to learn it. So how initially, how has that been with you and Coach Castillo? Uh, I think it's been uh, pretty good for me. You know, there's a lot more things that I did not know that he brought up. And I'm pretty sure I'll not be allowed to say it because I'd be kind of wrong with me to do it anyways. But um, other than that, you know, there's a lot more, uh, a lot more like technique stuff, a lot more uh, reasons why and everything like that that I did not know beforehand that I do now. And I feel like they expanded my uh, knowledge of the game and I'm just keep on ready to keep on learning from them. Well, for, from that standpoint, because, you know, it, it really, like you said, it's just uh, the building block right now and the foundations are, are being laid and then it'll start going faster once the uh, the, the pads come on. But from, from your standpoint, what are you going to do once the OTAs uh, are, are done with? What will you be doing in between the time between here and, and training camp for to getting ready for your first camp? Uh, 
first looking for a place to live. That's one first and foremost. And uh, in between there, I'm most likely, if I can, I don't know how it will play out. I haven't asked any questions. But um, if I can, I was hoping to stay around the Chicago area, uh, work out here, keep on trying to work uh, – uh, work some online stuff around here, do stuff that uh, I can stay around the area. And if not, I'll probably go uh, find a, like a facility I was used to when I went to go opt out, went down to Exos. I might end up going back there if I have to and uh, keep on trying to train uh, myself to be a better player when we come back into the training camp. Well, I should have asked you that first, uh, Tevin, because you bring up a, a good point of finding a place to live. I, I mean, I don't know the population of Topeka, Kansas, or what was that uh, uh, Oklahoma uh, State. I mean, how you know? Have you been in big cities before and lived in a in a big city before, and you know, to to assimilate yourself to a a different area? I mean, maybe just talk on that, t- touch on that a little bit. Uh, yeah, for me right now, it's just about a. You know, finding that right spot around here, you know, uh, especially with uh, my girlfriend coming. Mm. You know, we're uh, looking into many different areas and doing all that. And just excited to really find out more about the city and more about uh, the surrounding areas as well. Tevin Jenkins, our guest here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. A couple of more questions before you let you go here tonight. Uh, so I'm an Iowa State grad. I was a big David Montgomery fan coming out watched almost every one of his games and uh the cyclones and the and the, uh, the cowboys had some memorable shootouts and some memorable games over the last uh, few years um i think about the 17 game and i don't know if you were uh, um, you, you played that year but i don't know what your role was in that game but uh do you uh have you had a chance at all to talk with montgomery about some of those battles in the big 12 because uh there was some high scoring affairs and some really good ones i think you took three of the last four games against them though yeah, uh, what's that? What year was that again? I'm not sure. Well, it was, 17, like, 2017. Uh, that was my freshman year. I wasn't really uh, oh, okay. I wasn't playing. That. I was uh, about to, I was there. I traveled to the game. I wasn't playing that game. Though. That's a that thing. But I have uh, I have talked to him a few times, and uh, I haven't mentioned any of the games before because I personally haven't played against them. But uh, about to say we're uh, I feel like we're connecting a little bit, and then just keep on trying to go. Uh, you know, that bondage between every uh, player that I meet on the team and keep on growing relationships. Is that critical as well to be that guy for the backs, to have that kind of relationship because you get to know them at a different level and maybe they ask things of you that, that would help them uh, get through holes that you're trying to create? Yeah, uh, you know, just having that the chemistry, you know, just even on, the, on certain plays, like knowing where – he thinks I'm going to go and I know where he's going to go and just having uh, that play style off each other, you know, that's a big, that's one big part of football just as of itself, you know, just having, knowing your, uh, your running back's tendencies, your quarterback, anybody's tendencies to have the ball other than like your other responsibilities. Just, it's just a lot of things knowing that um, uh, other people's responsibilities in the field uh, other than yours, you know, that's what helps you expand your game and helps you get better at football. So, uh, being back in the huddle for the first time during rookie minicamp. We are all sitting around there watching practice, and, you know, there's a lot of different stories about the transition from players from their last college days into their at the beginning of their NFL career. But here you are, high expectations on you, left tackle. Now you're in the huddle. How, how, how was it for you? Because, hey, man, this is your goal in life to be a great football player. How was it to be in that huddle with the rest of the guys? You know, uh, it felt great. You know, I started looking around. I saw, like, some big names like Justin and everybody, and then uh, uh, it felt good to be 
you know, where I'm at, you know, it felt good to, to put on the helmet and have the Chicago Bears logo on it. And just to be in that huddle, I felt blessed enough just to be there. And, uh, you know, honestly, I just felt happy in the moment. And then as soon as, you know, it started, as soon as things started rolling, you know, I had to get my brain processing all the plays that we went through and everything. So I didn't really have that much time to, I would say, glorify in the moment because I had to get, <laughs> had to get ready to uh, start going through the plays and, uh, but say other than that, I'll just say it's a big, uh, big deal for me uh, internally. Well, final one for for me, Tevin. Appreciate uh, your your time. How quickly do you think you can you can get in a routine? I think we, you know, I don't want to use all the cliches about c- creatures of habit. We kind of all have our routines to get ourselves ready to play. At least, at least I did as a, as a former player. But how quickly do you think you can get in that routine where you're locked and loaded? Uh. Do you mean as I just a, mean like, like you know, how, how you pre how how you prepare like when you go into work at day and you know it's going to be a practice yeah. day to get into your routine to say all right you know I've got everything in place where I can have a a successful practice uh, today granted you're going to make your share of mistakes but to get in that routine where you're just mentally of of the right mind to prepare to go out there anytime you step between the lines you know uh, I think I'm answering your question once I think it takes me about. Uh, hour, hour and a half beforehand, you know, just to mentally prepare myself, if that's, that's what you're asking. But uh, I'm about to say, I'm doing uh, all the things I can to prepare. Like, you know, I go over the playbook again. I lay, Like, I sit down in the locker room, go over my phone. I have my phone. Uh, I have pictures of them on my phone just to go over through uh, plays and stuff. And then uh, and then after that, I go roll out my uh, like my whole body, just to make sure my whole body is warmed up and everything. Even though we're about to do a whole stretch before practice, and just so uh, just to be able to make sure I was locked in and make sure my body's a uh, uh, full preparation mode to uh, let's say practice at hundred uh, percent or aiming in the game. All right, Tevin, we'll let you go. Uh, final thought, real quick though. Uh, you know, as young players that we've seen come through, it's it's always uh, an interesting dynamic when you're entering especially now with veterans involved you'll have that veteran mini camp here in a couple weeks but are you able to do you feel comfortable just being yourself personality wise yet or you do you feel like you know it's like anybody going to a new office they got to get acquainted with their their peeps and understand what the environment is sometimes it's difficult for players to do that right away you seem to have that personality to be an easy transition yeah you know it was an easy transition you know the first uh the first few uh but the first few hours I was there, you know, I felt like it was a welcome moment. You know, uh, they were talking uh, talking to me, trying to get to know me a few little bit. And, uh, but we had a few outgoing people, you know, they uh, they were kind enough to even just reach out to me and just uh, make sure I was accustomed to uh, the program and to people around us. And I already started getting into jokes, you know, inside jokes and everything with everybody, and I feel good about it. And uh, I feel good about the transition. Well, very good. Glad to have you in Chicago. Looking forward to seeing you next week at OTAs. And thank you so much for all this time tonight. Appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's no problem. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Tevin Jenkins, Bears' new rookie tackle. We'll have more with Jim Miller and Tom Thayer after this break on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. This segment of Bears All Access is brought to you by CDW, people who get it. Jeff Joniak, Tom Thayer, and Jim Miller. Big Jim, Tevin Jenkins. Uh, really Really comfortable in uh, talking about things. He sounds a little bit like a, a veteran player already. I know he's got a long way to go. And at that position, what are the biggest challenges you see for that transition? 
Um, no, I think he's going to be fine. I think, you know, he's played both uh, tackle positions. And like he said, he's working on the areas of uh, that need the focus. Uh, that uh, I believe he said and when we were talking to him, he said uh, what kept on coming up is uh, working on my base and, and my balance. And as Tom will tell you, like me as a quarterback, you're not going to be an accurate passer unless you're in balance to, to throw. Every time you throw, you need to be in, in, in balance. And, uh, you know, you got to make sure, and uh, Tom can uh, really expand on this more than me, you don't want a, a base that's too wide uh, where, you know, you can – or you don't want to be too top-heavy and, and things like that. We always talk about bend and, and things like that. And so he's working on that, that sweet spot uh, for him. And, and, Tom, I'll probably turn it over to you to, to talk about because, you know, you don't want too narrow of a base. You don't want too wide of a base. But he seemed like that was one area that, that – that, at least teams that interviewed him that he needed to work on and get a little bit better at, and he'll do it. He's too good of an athlete. I mean, this guy growing up played basically every single sport, baseball, football, basketball. I mean, he's a good athlete for how big he is. Well, he really is. You, you know, Jim and Jeff, and, and we kind of say this top thing as funny, and we always say if you think you're beat, that's what that's what he's got to uh, – Tevin's got to get rid of the thinking part of it. And, Jeff, you asked him how long does it get take you to, or Jim, get acclimated to all of your assignments and understand what your responsibility is against every single defense. And then you're going to be able to use all those traits that he's displayed at the rookie minicamp that he's capable of. He's got the feet. He's got the punch. He's got the strength. He's He's got the size. He's got the balance. But it's about making sure you understand that system so well that you're never breaking the huddle thinking about your assignment. You're breaking the huddle only getting ready to incorporate all your traits in which the scouting department has already investigated him for and that he's already proven that he has. So that's the, that's the dividing line between all football players is knowledge, or a lack of knowledge. If you sit out there and you have repeated mental errors, those will get you cut. If you have technique errors, that's going to get you coached. So that's what Tevin is up against, is making sure that when he gets an opportunity to get the downtime that Jim asked him about after everything's over, you got to invest so much time within your tablet that it, it almost is nauseam because – Tevin is going to be expected to come here day one of training camp and know this system equally as well as Cody, equally as well as James Daniels and Sam and Alex and Jermaine Effetti. He's not going to have that time where he can make critical mental mistakes because they need him up to speed by the time they visit the Rams. Do you see any uh, potential with young players, especially tackles, things that they fall into a bad rut early on? that come back to haunt them at some point in the season? you got to be able to get out of your your stance with such quickness and precision. Because, you know, Jeff, you, you were talking about the move by Khalil Mack. If you give Khalil Mack the advantage where he has that eighth of a second step on you, you're beat. If Robert Quinn is getting parallel with you while you're coming out of your stance, you're beat. And that's about it. It's about the efficiency of the gift that you are given, and that's the reason you're playing offensive line, is you've demonstrated the skills, but it's about making sure that you're doing him in the exact reference to the snap count that you know coming out of the huddle that you're moving just as fast as the center snapping the ball all right I, I didn't give you guys a chance to talk about this uh ahead of the show so it's kind of get you uh, off guard here a little bit but uh a few remaining moments with jim miller with tom there jeff joniak we'll turn it over soon to anthony heron tonight to talk more football and cubs i'm sure white Sox are playing tonight as well um 
if there's a player that you absolutely have to see become more than what he's been to this point as an impact player, who might that player be? I'm going to lead off, if that's okay, because you touched on it earlier, and I'm going to say Roquan Smith because he's been outstanding. He's got Pro Bowl potential. He seems to be getting better every single year as long as he stays healthy. Uh, I believe the sky is, is the limit for this particular player because he is a very smart football player, can run sideline to sideline, he can blitz, he could do it all. But the next step is becoming that leader, that, that voice on the defense at that position and really exercising that aspect of his game. And that, to me, is the big development for Roquan Smith in 2021. That's my player. You guys might agree with that player or pick another one. We'll go to, we'll go to Jim. Mm. I, I think a player that has to step up, and I know he was on the, the trade block, at least what was being reported, I think Anthony Miller or Riley Ridley, one of those receivers, has, has to step up, in, in my opinion. You know, at, uh, I think there, there's been a level of, uh, of frustration where they, they leveled off, and I think you you got to take the, net, the next step because a lot of this game, especially in the Bears' offense, is, it is a lot of three wides. And so, granted, they've got some new guys there like Demir Bird but and Marquise Goodwin and the guys that are there. But I, I think those players, you know, they're drafted by the team. I think they're expected to, to, to take the next step, and they have to be impactful players, uh, quite frankly. More is to be expected of those young receivers. You know, to me, it's Eddie Goldman because, you know, with guys like Trey Roberson or Artie Burns, they were injured in training camp, and then they start their rehab process to get back on the field. Eddie Goldman wasn't going through rehab. He had the ability to work out and stay in condition and get ready because he opted out. So Eddie Goldman has to come in just as if he was a new shiny toy that they just drafted in the first round this year. And he's got to come in and step up to the plate immediately. He doesn't have a growth process to go through. He doesn't have a grow-up time anymore. Eddie, Bo- Eddie Goldman got a new contract, and he's got to come in, and he's got to be a dominator on the inside. He's got to make things easier for Akeem Hicks, for Mario Edwards Jr., from Bilal Nichols, the other defensive lineman playing alongside of him. So I'm really, really interested to see what Eddie Goldman's going to contribute from day one. Yeah, I agree with that, too. That, that's a great point. And, you know, it's one thing, as you say, to be injured. And because of the opt-out, you had to look at it as an injury, somebody who was not going to play. But I wonder what that mindset is like for a player to have that year and not play because of these circumstances but not be injured, what what the mentality is. And when they get back into it, where is the hunger, is it going to start showing itself immediately when they get into training camp and, and even in these OTAs. So that'll be that'll be something to watch. There's a lot of things to watch. Great point by Tom there. Big Jim, appreciate it as always. We're going to let you go, and we will talk to you next week. All right, Jim Miller is out of here. <laughs> didn't even, he didn't even say goodbye. He didn't even say goodbye. Anyway, that's going to wrap us up. Thank you so much, Tom, and for Jim Miller and for Tevin Jenkins. To our producers, Brandon Fryer, Jordan Treadup, Dan Barilli. That's going to do it for tonight's show. This has been Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Have a great night, everybody. Anthony Heron is next. Thanks for listening to this Chicago Bears Network presentation of Bears All Access. Podcasts are available on chicagobears.com and on iTunes or download the official Bears mobile app. Bears All Access has been brought to you by IGS Energy and sponsored by Miller Lite.